Iowa postgame, Penn State preview, and Sean Clifford's an AARP member? All that and more next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. All right, Buckeye Nation, welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 48, and we are coming off a pretty interesting win against Iowa, to say the least. Um, obviously, Davis is doing the intro this week. That is because Chad cannot be with us this week. Uh, he's got some kind of sickness going on in the household, and I mean, you know, I guess we've all kind of been battling with stuff lately, but. Uh, we do have a special guest with us this week. It is Buckeye Boggs, Eric Boggs from the OHIO podcast. So, Eric, thank you so much for kind of coming in last minute. Davis, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate the invite. It's good to be on with you. Good to podcast with you again. You guys have been doing uh, just an awesome job this season. Uh, like I've told you before, uh, you guys are my favorite podcast to listen to outside of uh uh, the OHIO podcast for obvious reasons, but uh, it's awesome to be on here and uh, catch up. It's been a great season so far, and I'm excited to talk about it with you. Absolutely. Uh, I, I want to go ahead and give you an opportunity because I know you give give us kind of the same courtesy, but why don't you go ahead and give our listeners, assuming yeah. we have different listeners than you do at this point, I'm not entirely sure. They might just be the same <laughs> people, but uh, why don't you go ahead and give everyone kind of a, a rough idea or a brief syn- uh, synopsis of, you know, kind of your podcast and how you guys run things? Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I, I do know that there are some listeners who listen to both of us. Say, looking at you, Lenny. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> little Lenny. Uh, yeah. But, uh, uh, so the OHL podcast, uh, this is our fourth year. And you can find us by actually going to our website, theohiopodcast.com. You can listen to any of our past episodes there. You can find all of our social media places, uh, sites there as well. We also have other podcasts that we run uh, within our network, including Shots from the Shot, which is a Ohio State basketball podcast. I do a cigar review called Buckeye Tobacco, if any of you are into smoking cigars. And uh, we also uh, do a a sports movie review show called Varsity Videos that we run usually outside of football season. So we're always doing uh, fun things uh, over there at the OHO podcast. we got a pretty cool growing uh, social media community, both on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, if you're down to clown with that type of thing, but uh, most, most of all, we just kind of run more of a, a preview and review type show during the season. And for those of you who uh, haven't heard yet um, or don't know, and would like to check it out, Come the end of the season, at the beginning of uh, 2023, the OHL podcast is going to be going to a live video show on Sunday nights that you'll be able to find both live on Facebook and on YouTube, where you'll be able to look at my ugly face, Chris and Aaron, and uh, and it's going to be a listener and fan-driven show. You guys will be driving that show for an hour on Sunday nights. We uh, plan to have a lot of uh, visitors from uh, the Ohio State community, past players, coaches, etc., uh, fans, uh, people much like yourself, podcasters like you, Davis, and uh, we'll have you guys on as well. And uh, it's just going to be a fun time. So we invite everybody to come check us out. And uh, of course, don't stop listening to Dot the I. Uh, this is a great podcast. Yeah, appreciate all that, man. Um, guys, listen, they they do great content. I do listen weekly. Um, and you know, I've said it before, but they, they were a big reason that me and Chad kind of got started, you know, uh, we've kind of followed a little bit in some of their footsteps that kind of trailblazed the way a little bit to kind of help us out and get started. Now, given we're in a way two completely different podcasts, you know, they definitely are a lot more, um, uh, you know, controlled, I guess is the best way to put it. And we're a little bit more off the cuff. Like we might be just like, you know, bar talk is, I guess the way you might be able to put ours or argumentative or however, but, um, they put out really good content guys. So definitely go check them out. Um, one thing I do want to hit on before we get started with this, Iowa uh, kind of wrap up here is, you know, I, I've been following you guys also on your Facebook page, and I'm really interested to kind of hear your take on some of these recent interviews that you're getting an opportunity to do. 
Um, you've had an opportunity to interview, you know, just, you know, some regular fans, which is pretty cool. But I mean, you've had an opportunity to meet what Arch Schleister, um, J- Jackson Smith and Jigba's father, um, uh, JT Tumalo, sorry, not JTT, JT Tumalo, how, however he wants to say his name, uh, his father. I mean, dude, that's gotta be really exciting in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, so the podcast has grown uh, enough, and here's here's one for you, Davis. We've grown enough to where Ohio State knows who we are because I received a cease and, a, and assist letter on my on my logo. I don't know if you knew that. So, all right, I don't know how much you're allowed to release because I have listened and I've been curious, and I've not reached out specifically to ask, but I have noticed and heard that your logo had to change because I mm-hmm. technically even before, maybe when we first started the podcast, if you remember, I guessed almost correctly on a score a couple seasons ago and I got sent a free t-shirt from you. Yeah. So I have that t-shirt with the old logo on it Uh-oh. and a sticker. I'm pretty don't, sure. Don't sell it. Don't sell it. So no, <laughs> are you kidding? That's gold. That's going up in that, my Ohio state room in a plaque because no that, one else can ever own a shirt like that again. It's retro now, man. It's retro shirt. Listen, so, I'm going to ask for an autograph and that's going to be worth some pretty, that's going to be worth a pretty penny down the road. <laughs> so if you're okay, I'm curious. I'm sure other people yeah, might be curious. So what I happened got, with that? Yeah. So I got a nice letter from uh, Ohio state's lawyer team and I don't know. I I have a suspicion, and I'm not going to be the guy who says you copied me. But either we got big enough that they noticed, or they found something we had that they liked that I didn't have trademarked. Mm-hmm. And they went after my logo. And so they were saying that my logo was in a trade trademark infringement upon the Ohio State University because I broke apart the OH and the IO with exclamation marks. Wow. They own that. I I call BS kinda. I do. I kind of do too. I know they own the lately. Well they or don't the, own the or the. well don't they, own but they yeah. you can't use the word the on a t-shirt, just the word the. That's the only thing. That's that's all that is. Um because gosh, I mean uh, they there's the podcast now. Okay. Really? And they haven't come after them. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> but they're, they're also owned by a media company too. So, yeah. So uh, I, I, I kind of feel like they found us and they checked to see if I had, had trademarked that yet. And I hadn't, and they, and so they trademarked it and now, and then they said, ah, you can't use that anymore. So, okay, so, so, but they can't take away my name, the Ohio podcast, because they absolutely can trade, cannot trademark the state of Ohio. So, so the Ohio podcast or the OHIO podcast, as we call it, um, will remain as such. They can't do that. I own the, I own the URL. If they want to buy it from me for like a million dollars, by all means, (laughs) million, is that the number? I will gladly, I, well, I will, that or lifetime season tickets, either one. Like, okay. All right. A million dollars depending depends on, on where the seats are, though. That's true. It's true. Uh, Ohio State, if you're listening, I'll take D deck 50 yard line. Um, <laughs> there you go. So, so, anywho, this is this, yeah. So that's what happened. So, if all of a sudden my old logo, which I actually had a friend who was an illustrator make it for me years ago, and I loved it, and it was we had it on everything, you know, that's that's business 101, put your logo on everything. And so we had it on t-shirts, hats, et cetera, and I'm no longer allowed to sell that, but I've already came back at Ohio State in a way, and I made Woody hats because they don't own the name of Woody either. So I love you, Ohio, I love you, Ohio State, but Come on, man. I do like how in the letter, though, they told me that they are so happy for my enthusiasm for the program. Yeah, so nice little backhanded compliment, right? I mean, me and Chad know that all too well. We're 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 infamous for giving backhanded compliments, so we know what, we can identify one when we see it. Yeah, so that's the backstory. It's no big deal. We're already working on a new logo. We put up a generic one for now. It looks okay. Uh, it's not bad. I think it looks good, but we, I don't, uh, I, I kind of like it to be honest with you. It's old school. It's old school. You know, it kind of throws you back to throwing a, a letterman's jacket on or something, you know, but, uh, right. um, yeah, we are working on something really, really cool. And the first thing I'm going to do is trademark that sucker. So they can't take that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I see, I know ours isn't. Now, I'm not worried about our logo. I'm more worried about our name in the future, dotting the I. I mean. Yeah, I am too for you, brother. I ain't going oh, to. dude, I can, I, I, you know, I will take it as a compliment. And if we cross, if we get to there, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But, you know, we, we had to find a way to stand out early on. And, you know, maybe we'll be DTI in the future. Who knows? You know, I relish the moment that we get that same cease and desist letter because that means we're doing something right. It's pretty cool. I ain't going to lie. Like, I was like, I, at first I was like scared. And then I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> so, I know. would I would frame it and hang it up in my Ohio State room in a heartbeat <laughs> because the Ohio State University told me to cease and desist. That right there. I feel like I've made it if that happened. What I should have done is said, I gladly will if you give me a 10-minute interview with Ryan Day. <laughs> Be like, I'm going to need Ryan Day's signature to sign off on this just to yes. make sure that it's legal. <laughs> yes. So I would have gotten some free signatures out of that for sure. Exactly. So let me, real quick, go ahead and just kind of give me – I know we got a little off task, and that's fine because that's what me and Chad normally do. But kind of give me this thing about these interviews. Yeah, so – oh, yeah, the backing up. So – uh, the, the podcast has grown and, and I've got in the last two years, we we've tried to take the podcast out of our houses and out into the community. And in doing so, we've gotten in touch with some very in, in the know people who are associated with the program on different levels, former players, um, a su- what I will call super fans, fans who know people in the program who have started to listen to the podcast and what what kind of makes your podcast and my podcast different than 90% of what's out there are you and I are fans. And I try to express this to people that the majority of people who are doing Ohio state podcasts are in the media and they're not fans of Ohio state. And if they are, then technically they're doing it wrong because you're not supposed to be a fan quote unquote of the team you're covering. Right. And so the passion that they have um, it, it for, for their skill of, of writing and covering the team and, and talking about the team, whether that be on radio or podcasting is completely different. Let me give you an example. Um, Bobby Carpenter's on the radio, right? He has a ra- morning radio program here in Columbus, a 97-1, the fan. He played for Ohio State. He loves Ohio State. He is a fan. His passion comes across when he talks about Ohio State. That's why people love to listen to Bobby Carpenter talk about the Buckeyes. Doug Lee Maurice is probably one of the best writers on the beat for Ohio State. He is not a fan of Ohio State. He's He covers the team analytically which is important and there's a place for that. But in doing so, there's no passion behind what he's talking about. It's very black and white and boring to me. As fans, we have that Bobby Carpenter-like passion. Only difference is, is he's 6'5 and, and can break bones when he tackles people, right? I'm a right. fat slob who who eats pizza rolls and watches Ohio State, you know? So, <laughs> right. so there's a difference there. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is we have the same passion as Bobby Carpenter. And so when people hear your podcast and my podcast and that passion comes through, they relate with that. I and agree so, completely. Yep. And so that is what we are experiencing is we are in, we are we are now touching more people as fans and they're liking the content and it's opening up doors for us through those fans to say hey I have a a a big party down here in Marietta Ohio they call me Buckeye Bob your name's Buckeye Boggs cool let's get together and do a podcast down here for one of the away games and then 40 fans show up and a former a couple former players and the next thing you know you know, that opens up an opportunity for me to interview somebody because they know so-and-so. Gotcha. And then they listen to me and it's, hey, come to my tailgate. I know Jackson Smith, the Jigba's father. I'll get on the phone and have him come and you can interview him, you know? Right. So that's just kind of, it's just dominoes is what it is. And, you know, when we first started out by, please, no one go listen to episode number one. Please do not. Yeah. Ditto here as well. (laughs) Ditto here as well. I mean, I had the, I had the, I had the Walmart version of the best mic you could possibly buy, which was like probably a $15, 
tripod stand up where you can like adjust the legs on it kind of thing with like a little tiny, you know, foam screen. Like, oh, it sounded like I was in a hallway or like on a phone call. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's basically the genesis of that is we've just we're just growing. And and as we continue to grow, those doors open up. We already have two live shows scheduled for next season where people want us to come. And that's it's great. It's cool. We we connect with people. We've got a very loyal listening fan base that they comment or send us questions every single week for our shows. And we love that. And so we're just more in touch with people, you know, and I think sometimes some of these other Buckeye podcasts, these guys get too big for their britches. They really think they're something when when they're not, you know, and, and, and yeah, OK, so you're with a bigger media company. So you have a, a bigger like draw to like, you know, uh, promote yourself financially. But it's not it's not uh, there's no passion there, like I said, and it's just not real. You don't appreciate it like we do. Right, exactly. Well, dude, we, we couldn't be more happier for you. Uh, I know I definitely enjoy the content that you guys bring. And, you know, to be, you know, I don't know if it's not jealousy, but, you know, I, I could only hope that one day me and Chad could kind of get kind of on par with some of that stuff because that, that would be super exciting. You know, even like you said, as a fan running a podcast, but has a fan to actually get those interactions. Because think about how many times, like you had said, those people and those beat writers and those other people that are, you know, supposed to be completely unbiased and they don't have any, you know, relation to the team. They're doing these interviews like, oh, home. It's just, you know, this is the coach. This is the player. This is the parent, whatever. But imagine like, you know, the, the starstruck kind of like all that you're getting when you're finally meeting someone that's kind of an important person, you know, as a fan, like that's got to mean so much. It, it really is. It's, it's, it's really cool. It's hard when, when you're interviewing somebody, it's like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this guy played for Ohio state, you know, know. And it's like, you're like, can <laughs> yeah. I get your autograph? And it's like, and it's like, here's what's cool. I'm allowed to get your autograph. The media is not, I'm a fan. There you go. Like, yep, exactly. I do. Gonna, I would take yeah. advantage of it. I would Absolutely. so take advantage of it. So uh, real quick, I want to go ahead and drop a, a, a quick uh, heads up uh, about someone, too, because you kind of reminded me and I know I've been meaning to do it. But, um, you know, you talk about loyal fans and people. Well, we have someone that's kind of been pretty loyal to us. that has actually helped us out with some of our um, our pictures and, and some of our promotion and stuff that we actually do on our, our Facebook page. And it's John Converse. Um, he's actually someone that does specifically uh, work on. Um, uh, different things, uh, interactive things. Uh, I know he built us like a, um, a, what are those scan things called? You know what I mean? Those, you can just like scan. It takes you right to a website, the QR codes. Thank you. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, a QR code. He built us QR code. He's done uh, several, um, visual pages for us. He, he, he constantly is putting stuff. So I definitely wanted to give him a shout out and, um, he's actually really good at what he does. So if you're someone that's kind of looking for something, um to maybe help build some sort of visual technology or something like that uh go check him out uh it's john converse converse just like the shoes outspelled so um definitely want to give him a shout out before we move forward but um uh, i know we've kind of done a pretty big intro here but i think it's important to kind of see you know some of the things from all both of our perspectives being fans the people that listen to us kind of where we come from but uh, let's go ahead and spend – we don't have to spend a tremendous amount of time because this time this late in the week, people are kind of past the eye will, but I, I'd at least like to hit on it for just a couple minutes. Um, but as most people know, we ended up winning that game 54 to 10. Um, there's no secret. Iowa literally has probably the worst offense in the history of college football. And uh, we struggled the first half and kind of made some adjustments, came out second half and looked like a team that we should have. The only thing I really would probably like to spend a little bit of time on, and you might have done it in your podcast, is uh, I have a different take on people are stressing more about, oh my gosh, all of a sudden our run game is terrible. And we, what we, what we, can't even talk. What did we rush for? Like 60 yards that game? Uh, We rushed 70 for, yards. I can tell you in just one second, we rushed for 66. Okay, so we rush for about 60 yards, and, you know, all of a sudden, that becomes the new analytic. Like, oh, Ohio State can't run the ball. If they can't do this against Michigan, they're in trouble. If they can't do this on the road at Penn State, it's going to be a game, blah, blah, blah. It's one game. 
And I'm not entirely sure that the play calling was set up for the running game to succeed in this game, but I'm just curious kind of what your take is on this. How much was this really an Ohio State struggle or how much was this maybe an external factor where it wasn't as big of a deal as you think it is? So Iowa's defense is is really good. They're actually better than what we thought they were, to be honest with you. Uh, that being said, Iowa's offense is actually worse than we thought it was. It is you're right. I I, I this is not hyperbole. Um, Mount Union College, Division three college in <laughs> yep. Ohio, their offense is better than Iowa's. I kid you not. They would trade players. Spencer yeah, man, that Petrus, was so bad. So Spencer bad. Petrus is terrible. He's an, he's off. He was so bad. I was at the game, Davis, and. I kid you not, the first offensive play they run, they throw the interception, right? And the Iowa fan that's sitting behind me goes, you spent, he's literally out loud yelling from the D-deck, you spent all bye week to run that? Yeah, and throw a pick on the first play. Awful. That being said, their defense is doggone good. But how depressing would that be to be a defender on Iowa, knowing you have zero chance to win if you don't pitch a shutout just about? I know. And you know how, I don't know if you follow some of the, there's so many different things there on Twitter, right? But there's like a PFF grade. I don't even know what Mm -hmm. that company is, but they give these PFF grades for like different positions each week. You know, it's got to mean something when you lose 54 to 10 and one of your defensive players grades on the top three in the country in PFF that, that week. Yeah, pro football focus is what PFF yeah, is. Okay. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're NFL guys analyzing college games and, and players. Yeah. Yeah. So, I agree. I think that the defense is, uh, I mean, you got to think too. How impressive is it that Iowa's defense had the ranks that they had, even coming into that game, with how bad the offense is? Because that's so hard to do when your offense can't even keep the defense on off the field, but yet they still go out and perform an entire game long. Like, yeah. how impressive is that really? It's extremely impressive, but I will say this. Getting back to your original question, Davis, about our offense, if our offensive line cannot run the football against Penn State, we're in trouble. This Saturday, and I don't mean to jump ahead to the preview of of the Nittany Lion game, but this Saturday is going to tell me everything I think we need to know about the end of the year because all all offseason long, Ryan Day – preached we need to be tougher we need to run the ball and be tougher that's how we're going to beat teams like michigan that's how we're going to beat teams like georgia that's how we're going to stay in games against teams like alabama if if we're if if our defense isn't you know going to win us the game so understanding that if we're going to win the big 10 and we're going to go and compete in the college football playoff and win a national championship we have got to run the football I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not panicking, but I'm telling you if it, if one game becomes two, then as Ohio state fans, we have every right to be worried about the end of the season. Because if there's one thing I know about that team up North, they are playing extremely confident right now. And they are tough. They are tough. They are whether, you know, I, I know we've dominated them for a decade until last season, that team that team is tough. They've got and they are playing with amazing confidence right now. Ohio State better get their act together when it comes to running the football and it starts up front and it starts with a mentality. And it starts with Johnson in my in my opinion. He's the leader of that offensive line. They've got the talent. They've got the guys. It's just go do it now. And it's that game I don't feel was so much talent as it was schemes. So if you if you watch the watch the film of Iowa Davis, Iowa was shooting the gaps defensively. And Aaron, right. I can oh, thank yeah. Aaron for for teaching this to me and, and pointing this out. They were shooting the gaps and they were daring Ohio State to beat them in the pass. And of course, the defensive backs were the most handsy defensive backs that we've seen all year because because <laughs> those officials play were of that. absolutely yes. not going to throw a flag for pass no. interference. Mm-mm. They sure wouldn't. So I I agree with you a lot with what you've said. Uh, My only thing, and not that you've jumped the gun either. I mean, you're just identifying, obviously, you know, this can't continue. I don't think this is the norm. I think this is more of an outlier. And I think, one, yes, it was a tough defense. Um, Two is I think that some of our running calls were obvious. Um, Sometimes against defenses like that, you have to be a little more creative. You have to put a little more in doubt there. 
Um, but yes, there were several times where, you know, especially on one of the Trayvon Henderson runs where, you know, he kind of runs out to the side and you just see the linebacker had eyeballed him the whole time and shot, you know, over to the side and hit him two yards in the backfield. Like yeah. he didn't even have a chance. And I mean, that's a really well coached defense, but on the same time, I mean, it was kind of a vanilla offensive running play call, in my opinion, for the most of the game. There wasn't uh, a lot of, you know, different formations and different ways to try to keep the defense guessing a little bit. Now, I understand they're they're very sound in their defense, so it is hard to fool a team like that. But it's another thing, too, where I feel like there wasn't anything. I, I don't mean to say exotic in the play call, but dare I say almost kind of like predictable, like, oh, JT Barrett's got the ball. I wonder what this is going to be. Sure. You know, it, it seemed a little predictable. And at the same time, I think a, a subplot of this is Ryan Day is very quick to abandon the run if he doesn't feel like it's working early on. And mm-hmm. I feel like he because he's always a pass guy and he says, you know, he says, I want, you know, more in the trenches. I want him tougher. You know, I want this running game. But, dude, his tendency is to put that thing in the air. So he may try to run a few times. And if he gets stuffed, he's going to be like, well, let's try these plays here where we can go through the air a little bit more. And I think, you know, like you had mentioned in the first half, I was kind of getting away with a lot of handsy action. And uh, he was probably, uh, I'd say Stroud was just a little bit out of sync early on. You know, once they kind of got the ship righted, I mean, he's throwing dimes out there. So I, and that, I think that's the biggest difference between last year's team and this year's team is, and I understand I was bad offensively, but I mean, that defense, the defense is going to change the whole landscape of what our season can be because we can now afford to struggle some offensively and have our defense pick up the slack, which was not the case last year. Correct. So uh, I don't want to spend too much uh, more time on Iowa. Um, We're going to get into the Penn state preview, but before we do, I actually want to pick your brain for just a couple minutes about the college football playoff. So, you are actually going to join us next Tuesday for our initial reveal. That was kind of, you know, initially we were going to have you on. You helped us out by filling in tonight, but we're going to have you on for the initial reveal next Tuesday. And I don't know if you, you may not have listened to last one. I think me and did you listen to the one where me and Chad gave our whole entire 25 CFP like way too early predictions? No, that's the that's the episode I need to catch up on. And that's perfect. You know, so you're coming in blind, which is Completely actually blind, probably yes. better. So I will at least give you a little preface of this is that as we went through our top 25 and we literally kind of revealed it just like ESPN would reveal it. But as we went through this, I would say out of the 25, we might've had three or four in the same position. We were that different. Now I wouldn't say some of them were way off, but actually in the exact same position that we were different in our top three was all different. And he, Chad is a big resume guy. He is like, I would say, mostly resume. And then after that, kind of give me what you will. Me, resume is a part of it, but I cannot ignore what I see either. And I feel like I'm probably more of an eye test guy. Not entirely, but more of an eye test guy than it comes to resume. So I guess the question I would ask you, if you would find yourself on the CFP committee, where do you find your rankings would probably favor more on the side of. I'm I'm probably more of a hybrid, but I'll be honest with you. One of my sticklers is you better win your conference. That's so you're me, you're a conference guy. I totally am. Like I I, I have been, I for for month I for years not months years preached that the first round of the playoffs should be a conference championship. Yeah. I thought that that that's would solve the who goes where type of of arguments make, you know, win your division, go to your conference championship, win your champ conference championship. And then we'll, we'll, we'll create the bracket from there. But that's obviously not the way we're going because you know, that's, it's, it's not a, it's not a true playoff. First off, it's an invitational. Exactly. And so and there, the criteria to be invited changes every year based off the people who are there. Mm-hmm. So if you were going to tell them, ask me like, and, and, and I'm sure you're probably going to do so like, like who are your, who's your top four. I, I always preface that preface that by asking or, or returning the question, like, who do you think I 
who's in my top four or who do you think I believe they are going to put in their top four? Because that is definitely two different things. And that's kind of where me and Chad found ourselves uh, last week. And, you know, it's funny. Eventually, if you ever hear this episode, I mean, we we really argued a lot. And some of it was a little bit heated, to be perfectly honest, because, you know, everyone's different. A lot of this, like you said, with it being so much of an invitational, there's not an exact science to the parts. It's not like, you know, when this playoff goes to 12 teams and your top six conference champions are your first six seeds or whatever. Like that's, that's set in stone there. Right. So that's not the case at all. And it's never been the case, no matter how much they try to say, Oh, how important, you know, when your conference really is, how important it really is on how many top 25 teams you beat, no matter how important it is that, you know, what you've lost. I mean, they've even, you know, gone against what they said from one year to the next. I mean, I even recall last year where Michigan state beats Michigan, but yet Michigan stays ahead of Michigan state. Mm -hmm. But what happened to so important of head to head matchup? Like what happened to that? Right. But you know, so I, that's why I find it so fascinating. I really do. I'm sorry. I'll be one of those people. I'll miss the final four. You know, when we finally go to 12, just for the fact that, it was so debatable. It, it created such good conversations. Not to say there won't be some more moving forward because they're still going to, you know, essentially pick the next six from there. But a, a lot of that is at that point, you might be splitting hairs a little bit. But, you know, the, that the fear I have about 12 Davis. Yeah. Is it's going to water down the regular season. Uh, you know, and I've heard that a lot and I, I agree to some extent. I think that makes teams like Ohio state and Alabama and Georgia and possibly Clemson feel like they almost have a cakewalk Cause Hey, you know, we're going to win our conference, but if we don't, we're the second best ones in the conference and we're still going to be in the top 12. Alabama and it's all- literally can win two, lose two, lose two games every single year. And they're going to go as long as Nick Saban's head coach. And I agree with that. So I would at least argue with you on this. So it may water down some of your big team matchups, okay? So your Ohio State, your Alabama, your Georgia, your Clemson, plug in your random team, Tennessee, this year, that is really good. What it's going to do, it's going to improve your teams such as your Oregons, your Ole Miss, your Penn State, your um, USC, your... Oklahoma State's whatever, all those, you know, 10, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way up through 15 ones that any given year we're like, okay, you know, they're going to be a solid team, but they're not a top four team. Those are now intriguing games. Well, yeah, so your rankings of 5 through 20, those those 15. They now matter. And when you're normally listening, those really don't matter that much. So it's overall, it's not going to water it down. I I agree that your big-time matchups and going – undefeated and winning your conference and, you know, feeling like, you know, we can't lose a game or if we lose one, it's got to be a good one, but still win a conference that kind of goes away. And I agree with that, but I feel like as a whole for college football, it's going to make it more interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I, 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 I was, I've always been the kind of the person that says more is not always better. You know, sometimes less is better. And so I've, I'm kind of a wait and see guy with this. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I'll be the first person to tell you I'm, I'm actually excited about it. Uh, I know I'm more old school. Uh, so I am used to, I mean, I've even seen national champions being crowned without even playing in a national championship game, split national champions and all this. I get it, but dude, I just feel like there's going to be so much more quality football to watch. Can you imagine a playoff with an away game, especially having to come up to a big 10 team in December? Well, I'll say this too. I don't know that Michigan has a national championship in their trophy case at all if there was a playoff, period. I agree. I agree with that. <laughs> Listen, and, and trust me, if Chad was here, any chance you can bash that team up north, he is all about it. I mean, the second I've made one, not even a compliment, just an observation after seeing a Penn State game, he immediately wants a new co host. So, hey. Oh, uh, well, yeah. hey, I'm a realist, buddy. As a Buckeye fan, I, I hate him. But I'll tell you, that's that's why I hate them is because I, I my two eyeballs tell me right now they're not they are not going to walk into the shoe uh, worried about that game. They are going, they are coming in completely confident. Now, 
as a fan, I'm just I'm just telling you straight up, like I I if we can we can establish the line of scrimmage, we're gonna blow them out. Yeah, we'll absolutely blow them out. Yeah, I I mean it's I think this is gonna be so the last Ohio State game I went to in person was Ohio State Michigan in 2005. So that was the or 2006. Gosh, I always get those years mixed up. It's Troy Smith's Heisman year where we were rank one. Yes, 06. We're rank one. Michigan's rank two. Last last year we had real grass field. And I feel like this is going to be shaping up to be just as yes. big of a game, if not bigger. Yes, it is. I'm excited for it. And that was not what I expected at the beginning of the year. I really, truly in my heart, maybe partially biased, was really feeling like Michigan was going to be a pretender. And I know they've kind of given themselves an easy alleyway to get things really shored up at the beginning of the season playing cakewalk teams. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've played the worst teams, but we've had a harder road to go. But they've had more to prove, I think, from such so much success last year that I feel like they've done enough to prove that, okay, I, I like I'm aware. Like this game is like I, I don't feel like this is going to be any sort of cakewalk in my opinion. No, it's yeah, I, I'm with you. All right. So uh, before we get to this uh, Penn State matchup this weekend, um, you know, I know we were talking CFP. So that that reveal comes out uh, Tuesday, November 1st. So it's uh, right after this weekend's matchups. And we, there's still a few matchups that could shake that that first CFP up. I mean, obviously, we have Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, you have TCU and West Virginia which is kind of intriguing to me a little bit because it's at West Virginia. I know West Virginia is not that good, but I just, I don't know. I, ha- I have a weird feeling about that game. You have Georgia at Florida, Tennessee at UK. And listen, sometimes you can throw out the records and everything. When you have rivalries, you got Michigan, Michigan state this weekend. Like there's some surprisingly good games this weekend that could shake that first CFP up. There are, but I'm I pretty much outside of Notre Dame, I think, beating Syracuse. And I also think A&M beats Ole Miss. I'm going chalk with just about everything yeah. else. I, you know, if I was a betting man, which I am, but <laughs> if I was a, a good betting man, I would probably agree to that. But, you know, it's always fun to bet the underdog and try to parlay that into some big victory. So there's a reason why we don't win. All right, moving forward, Penn State this weekend. The early line, it was, I believe, 14 and a half. It's moved up to 15 and a half. Uh, I don't know if it's much different than that right now, last I checked. But um, we are going to College Station, and we are bringing the fourth best offense in the country in regards to offensive yards, second in points, while Penn State is kind of better middle of the pack, about 49th, 50th in offensive yards and almost 40th in points per game. So there's an obvious advantage in the fact that obviously Ohio State still has probably one of the best defenses or offenses in the country, while Penn State is just, we'll call it semi-capable. They have the potential to score a big game. They also have the potential to put up a dud. Uh, Defensively is kind of where I'm seeing this game uh, maybe have – you know, this is where the matchups are probably going to rely. So Ohio State's defense is second in defensive yards. I think that's a little bit of fool's gold just because of the competition we've played. I'm not saying we have a bad defense. I think we have a really good defense this year. But second in the country, I think we need to pump our brakes a little on that. Uh, and we're fifth uh, in defense on giving up points per game, while Penn State is 62nd in defensive yards. But an interesting stat is they're only 20th in points which I think is showing that, you know, they're kind of an opportunistic defense a little bit. They may be giving up yards there that, I guess, classic phrase, bend but don't break kind of defense. So it's going to be an important game that, you know, uh, high State is going to have to be scoring seven, not three. So I want to get your take, kind of an early overall feel on what your expectations are for this game if we need to see Ohio State succeed? Or at least kind of what's your main matchup that you're seeing is going to more impact this game than any other matchup? So Penn State's strength, and I, and we just got done uh, recording our Penn State preview before I jumped on here with you. And I, I uh, recorded with Kevin Egan, who's a, a good friend of mine who's a, a Penn State fan. 
So getting his insight is always, I think, really interesting because he's he's very honest about his program. And their strength defensively is in their backfield. It has mm-hmm. been for the past couple seasons. Now, they just switched things up after the Michigan game defensively, uh, which was interesting to hear and, and uh, obvious because they had to do something after getting the brakes beat off of them by Michigan uh, uh, coming off the bye a couple weeks ago. Michigan ran the football down their throat. They were playing a 4-2-5 defense with a very similar kind of hybrid, single high safety, three safety look hybrid that that we're currently playing defensively. Um, And Michigan just ran all over them. They went back to their traditional uh, 4-3 defense. Uh, where they brought in uh, instead of playing an extra safety, they brought an extra linebacker down in the block, down in the box, and they started blitzing the linebackers. They started owning the line of scrimmage, and even though uh, Muhammad Ibrahim ran for a hundred yards, he did so on like thirty plus carries, and it really wasn't an right. Issue. Right. So they had to start winning that line of scrimmage again, and they went back to basically playing man coverage on the outside defensively with their uh, cornerbacks and and with a slot corner uh, in the passing department. But I will I'll put an asterisk on this. When they did so against Minnesota, that was Minnesota's quarterback's first start ever in his life. Because right. Tanner his... Tanner was hurt. And... Right. So they're not playing an inexperienced quarterback. In fact, they're playing the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And if that's what they do, that plays right into our hands. So Kevin thinks they're not going to be uber aggressive on the on the on the rush. He thinks they're going to put you know you know six or seven guys in the block in the box, mm-hmm. but mostly try to defend the pass and 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 dare us to run the football. That is what he believes Penn State is going to do. So I'm looking, Davis, for us to 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 come out running the football and owning the line of scrimmage. I need to see this offensive line have a better game than what they did against Iowa. I, I want to make sure that he has a clean pocket. If he's got a clean pocket to throw the football in, that being a Stroud, and we're getting five yards of pop again on the run, I think we're going to jump out on these guys. I think we're going to win comfortably. I don't think we I don't think it's going to be another 54 to 10 game. I'll right. be shocked if that's the case. I um, would be too, yeah. These games tend to be very very close even even when we have the better team, the better roster. Penn State always plays us good. Some people might not know, we are Penn State's biggest rival. They look at us as their number one rival. I know the Big Ten's trying to tell them that Michigan State should be their rival. It's not. They it, This stems back all the way to like the 80s and 90s in high school football. Ohio and Pennsylvania used to have an all-star game at the end of the football season um, called the Big 33. And it was a it was always Ohio's, the state of Ohio's top high school kids and Pennsylvania's top high school kids. that played in that all-star game. And so Penn state has always had this kind of angst about Ohio state. And when they joined the big 10, they right away, that's our main rivalry right there. Oh yeah. And and they've circled that every year. And so there you can, you can rest assured, even though it's a noon game, those fans are going to be liquored up. They're going to be loud. The the stadium's going to be rocking. It's going to be a tough environment for Ohio state. If we handle the crowd, we get a lead. We maintain the line of scrimmage. I think I think we're going to win comfortably. And I think that's a really good point that you make about this being a rivalry game. And I think Ohio State has understood it more to be a rivalry over the last few years. But Penn State has treated it like their main rivalry. Because obviously we know what ours is. And ours will never change. And I think that we've had to understand because of, I mean, this is the team over the last 10 years that has played us the close of any Big Ten, Big Ten team. I mean, we still may be 9-1 and one over the last 10 years, but we're winning by an average margin of less than two scores, uh, of less than two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So 
it, this is by no means. I mean, there's only one year that we had a blow, and I actually went to that game when we won what 63 14 back in 2013 or whatever it was. Um, but, but besides that, I mean, you're looking at single point victories, you're looking at a, a block field goal where they win, you're looking at uh, a crazy comeback with JT Barrett. I mean, none of these games have felt comfortable, and you know, I, I that rivalry. Like you had mentioned, that's Penn State's one they circle on the schedule. It's now becoming one that Ohio State is starting to circle on the schedule. Didn't used to be, but I think we've kind of started to establish that this is like, okay, Michigan's are 1A. This is starting to be our 1B. And, you know, I think, and even in previous years, it feels like this shouldn't be a close game, but for some reason, it always feels uncomfortable. It this does. is the game that makes me the most nervous on the schedule, even more than the team up north. Can I give you an analogy of what this is? You can. Playing Penn State is like going to the dentist for your yearly checkup or your six-month checkup. <laughs> That's pretty you, good. You know it's going to be a little bit painful, okay? Um, you're you're pretty confident it's going to be okay. You're like, it, it, you, you should do it. You have to do it, you know? You, right. You, it's good to have a nice smile. You don't want to lose your teeth, so you got to go to the dentist. But it, it's going to be a little bit painful, and then when it's all said and done, you're you go. I'm glad that's over. Right. Exactly. You know? That is what Penn State is like for us. Okay. It is. It's a little bit painful when it's all said and done. You're like, man, I'm glad that's over. But man, that was a little bit close closer to comfort. That's what it always feels like to it me. It does. Like, it really does. And I, I think it still says a lot about Ohio State. And the fact that, you know, we've not prioritized this matchup as much in the past that we probably should have. And we've still come out on top, even sometimes we probably even shouldn't have, is even as bad as we played. So I really feel like Ryan Day has a better understanding of this matchup than Urban did, than some other coaches did. And I feel a little more confident coming into the game this year than I might have in years past. Now, is that because we're not going up against the whiteout? It you know, on ABC at night, partially. Is it also because that I feel more confident in our defense this year and knowing that we don't have to play a perfect game on offense? Yes. Is it because uh, Sean Clifford is probably going to break a hip because he's getting ready to turn 60? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, I, I still have trepidation. Oh, did you know he got a, to did, call you know, early. did you know Sean Clifford got an NIL deal? Did he really? What yeah, is it for? AARP. A- a- yeah, I was going to say bedpans, something like that. <laughs> First of all, I don't know if I heard this correctly. Can you not sign up for AARP at an early age now? Is that uh, like a thing? Or well, did I miss here? Sean, Sean signed up a couple years ago. Oh, okay. All right. It had nothing to do with him. I just thought I heard that off to the side as a side note. But anywho, <laughs> God, Sean Clifford, dude, I'm, he's the JT Barrett, but less talented. Oh, like, Oh, is he the white? He's the white JT. Yeah, and then he's not. Yeah, he's less talented by far. But he's. He, I'd give him about the same passer rating. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah, about sixty percent. Yeah. Yeah. He did yeah, have that. Same. He did it. He did have that sixty-some yard run against Michigan where he ran out of gas at the very end. But true, true. But uh, you know, <laughs> it's not he, good, man. <laughs> he's yeah. I don't think he's that good. But and he's he's another one where I think. He probably should be pulled for someone different, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not sure who they got next in line. I know it's is it a four or five star guy, right? It's the five star quarterback from Ohio, from Northeast yeah. Ohio, man. Yeah. Um, I think they're. I, I don't think they're wasting their season because you know we had mentioned earlier in the year, um, or at least I know me and Chad have. I'm sure you guys have mentioned it too. They're a young team, Very. and mm-hmm. and they are going to be they're going to be scary in the next few years. They really are. And I, I'm not into, I, I, you know, I would not be convinced if Ohio state doesn't come out and throttle Penn state that Sean Clifford doesn't play rest season. He was being booed by the home home team at the right. beginning of the game last week. So yeah, he's one, he's one really bad quarter away of probably getting yanked in all honesty. Yeah, and at that point, I mean, if you have a foster that's that good, dude, go ahead and play them because he's not going to go his full eligibility anyways. And give the kid a chance to have some success early on and build some things so when he comes out and starts next year, he's going to be a stud. 
yeah, if you follow recruiting, which you know we do, I do, over, I do to an extent. Yeah, yeah, which we do over at the OHL podcast. Uh, Penn State has been very, very competitive last season and this upcoming season. They have a very good class in 2023. Penn State's best years are ahead of them, and Michigan's recruiting is falling off big time last two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be a changing of the guard at the top of the Big Ten. It's going to be Ohio State and Penn State. Um, and he they're playing a lot of freshmen. And so do not be shocked if Penn State is the biggest game on our schedule next season or the year after. I would agree. I mean, you also have to understand what Ohio State's looking at next year after losing Stroud. I mean, mm-hmm. not, to, not to have a knock on Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, but I'm sorry. Like, they're unproven. Uh, you know, we may be getting closer back to the early 2000s football where we're going to rely upon the defense and try to, if we can score 28, fingers crossed, you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, he could come out and be a stud just like, I mean, I've, I was fooled. I thought CJ Stroud was going to be a running quarterback after what I saw a couple years ago when he came in, came in garbage time and ran a 48 yard <laughs> touchdown running against <laughs> Michigan state. He is definitely not a running quarterback. No, he's the furthest. I mean, I don't even think, God, Dwayne, I can't even think like, of the last quarterback that's ran less than him. Dwayne Haskins is Dwayne the train, baby, compared yeah. to this guy. He's a the red zone. Man. Dwayne would run it, yes. <laughs> I mean, even Cardell Jones may look like a track star next to him right now. That's, that's the truth. Well, anywho, so I agree. I think we need to run the ball against Penn State. Uh, I feel confident that we can. I think one of the reasons, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I feel like one of the reasons we struggled a little bit against with Iowa is I don't feel like knowing what Iowa's offense was going to be capable of, that really pounding it out and grinding it out and abusing our running backs in that game was going to be worth it. And I feel like it kind of got abandoned a little bit early. We tried to run just to try to keep the defense somewhat honest, but I feel like it was not intentionally our best running performance on purpose. Does that make sense? Am, am I, I looking, am I trying to grasp his straws there? Because I really feel like just the energy wasn't there to run the ball. I feel like they understood there's no way we're going to lose this game with as bad as Iowa's offense is. So why abuse the running backs and power through Iowa when we know we can still blitz them through the air? I have heard that argument. You don't agree though. I don't. And let me tell you why I don't agree. You brought it up earlier that Ryan Day is a play caller. He, the dude was a college quarterback. Okay. Right. You can tell. The dude loves to throw the football. He thinks like a quarterback. Now he's incredibly intelligent as an offensive coordinator. Everybody knows he's a freaking genius uh, when it comes to dissecting a defense, him and Kevin Wilson, and formulating a game plan and then adjusting that game plan on the fly to find your weakness and exploit your weakness and to set you up of two plays later to exploit that weakness. They're, they're great at it. Okay. Um, but you, his tendency is to rely on the arm of the quarterback because that is who he was as a, as a player. Okay. Um, it is against his nature to say, I'm going to run the football in certain situations this year. He has awkwardly called running plays at some of the most inopportune times because he's forcing him, forcing himself to break his own tendency. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that? Yes, I agree okay. with that. And it's been somewhat awkward and painful to watch. Okay. But he's growing as a play caller in doing so because he's, he's forcing himself to break those tendencies. Like I said, now, what I what I saw was a game that was so weird because of because of Iowa's horrendous <laughs> right. offense, right? That it and and it just it was like it was almost like he he as a play caller couldn't get in a rhythm, and then CJ flat out said, "I'm rusty. I was rusty coming off the bye week." They purposely gave him a week off. I mean, that's because they've just beat the living crap out of them in practice this year so far. Right. I just feel like it was a game where they came out, they they weren't necessarily ready to play like they thought they were. It took them a minute to adjust. And by that time, Ryan Day said, well, 
running game's not going good like I thought. I'm not going to adjust ship. the running game. Yep. Let's go throw the football. And, oh, there's Julian Fleming running down the middle, catching the sun. I don't know if you saw that quote. Yes, catching, I did. Catching the sun for 79 yards, game over. So, right. And, and it flat out, Iowa's just handing us a victory. I mean, I say this. I said this much Sunday night on our review game. Thank God for Noah Ruggles because if he misses some of those field goals and we don't make them, it's a whole different story in the first half. It's a lot more uncomfortable. I mean, I, I can't tell you last time scoring 54 points and only having, what, 350 yards of offense? That awkward, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, on one end, you're like, dude, that's one of the best defenses in the country. Put 54 up on him. Well, we mm. had two scores every quarter. Did you know that? Two or more I saw that, yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel like it, though. I just I, you know, I, I think part of it and I've had this talk, too, is I think sometimes we unfairly expect so much of this offense. And I know what they're capable of. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they're still human. And, you know, when you do break up, uh, you know, consistency and you do have that bye week, it is great to heal up. But that does throw off some of your consistency a little bit. It throws off. You know, if you're riding high coming into the bye week, you can easily come out flat. You know, I understand that. So I, I'm still a person, I guess I partially agree with you, but at the same time, I'm not taking a whole ton of stock in that performance by the running game. I have a lot more confidence in the fact that as long as Travion and mine are truly healthy, that's, the, I think, the more key there. I feel a lot more confident that we're going to be able to run the ball because, you know, I've I seen that consistently for the the better part of the year, even against Notre Dame, as much as we struggled, guess what we relied upon that game that actually worked? It was a running game. So I have confidence that the running game will get going, and I think once that happens and they're going to have to be forced to kind of change up their, their scheme a little bit, I mean, we're just – I have faith that we're going to dominate this team. Now, I'm still going to give my score prediction based on the fact that they always play us tough and weird finicky stuff kind of happens in this game. Um, but I am expect, I'm expecting it to be maybe just slightly uncomfortable early on and kind of open up a little bit more like the Iowa game, just not to that extent. Right. So I'm gonna go ahead and give a, a score prediction and you can go ahead and give me yours. Uh, it could be the same as what you gave on your podcast, or if you feel like it's something different, but, uh, I feel like we are going to have our seventh straight game of 45 points. And I think we're going to hit it right on the number and I'm going to call it 45 to 27 Buckeyes. Okay, <clears throat> my my prediction on the OHIO podcast, I'll, I'll I'll just leave it the same here. I got thirty eight seventeen. I think we cover the spread. I think you you hit the spread. I think it's fifteen fifteen and a half. I think we win by twenty one, which is comfortable to me over Penn State. We have consistently scored in the thirties against Penn State. This is a decent defense. They had their worst outing ever against that team up north. And get ready for all of those fans to say we are better than you because we dominated Penn State and you didn't. Yeah, I mean, then I'll just say, okay, look at the Iowa game. Tell me how that went for you. You know, you gave up what? Good Lord, you gave up what? 14, 17 points to Iowa and you can only score 27? Yeah, 27, 14 was the score against Iowa. We doubled up what they did. Yeah. Oh, well, you had your starters in all the way in the fourth quarter, blah, blah. Listen, you know what? Bring it on. We're going to hash this shit out. (laughs) I'm sorry, pardon my French. We're going to hash this out uh, right after Thanksgiving. And God, you know what? I really hope. I'm sorry, Chad, if you're listening, you're going to be pissed, but I hope the team up North wins out until that game. I, I really do. Cause I want that game to hurt so bad. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's where it's going to hurt the most. If they know they come in unbeaten and they have all this confidence, I want them to win out till that game. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I, I don't think you have anything to worry about, even though they might play Illinois the week before, which who would have ever thought that their game against Illinois might be tougher than our game against Maryland. That that's ah. a sh- I'm what? <laughs> yeah, that's it's interesting. <laughs> and you know what? That that's probably who's going to be in the West Side too in the Big Ten Championship game. I don't sleep on Wisconsin coming back, man. I don't. I'm not, and I'm not. Uh, but they still need a lot to go in their favor. Um, they do. They do. But you know, 
uh, we're, you know, that, that, that's the part of the podcast. We're going to stop there. We're not going to get into the big 10 West, you know, yeah, <laughs> we, de- we depress all of our listeners every week with <laughs> definitely, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. That's, that's a train wreck. It's a, uh, it's like, you can't look away though. You can't look away, but you know, you shouldn't be watching you. Yeah, I don't like, it's like, okay, which game am, if Ohio state stop playing, which game am I going to watch? There's this sec game. Oh, I hate sec bias. Or there's this no. big 10 game. It's like, I guess I'll watch the Big Ten game, and you're watching. And you're like, "Thank God we're Ohio State," because where would this, where would we be in the Big Ten if it wasn't for Ohio State? Exactly. Uh, it's well, just hey, so bad. Well, hey man, I really want to thank you again for coming on last minute, uh, dude. It was a pleasure to have you. Uh, we love your insight again. Um, if you have not gotten a chance to already, go ahead and check them out. They are the OHIO podcast. Um, they're on Facebook and I think from there they have their website where you can listen. Uh, I think they're on Podbean. They might be on a lot of other things. I'll go ahead and let Eric tell you again where they can find you. Um, but again, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, love your insight and thanks for kind of stepping in last minute. Yeah, absolutely. You're welcome. You can find us on the Ohio podcast.com. Uh, we're on all the major platforms, just like everybody else, just like dotting the I, uh, easy to find us there. But if you go to our website there, you can find all the links to every place else. All right, guys. So uh, you can expect. Oh, hey, real quick. To, we got to oh, do, do prop bet, don't we? Don't we have to have a prop bet? We can. Uh, I don't At this point, I'm starting to run away with it. I think I'm up 10 to 5 on Chad Ooh. for the for the year. Let's, so, do, let's do one prop bet between you and me. Okay. Right. Um, I got you know one. What? I got one. If you want, if you want, go ahead. Let okay. me see where you're at. All right. I'm going to say Mayan Williams outrushes Travion Henderson against Penn state. See here, here's where the fun starts because the funny thing is then we have to go, okay, well, what's your one B because <laughs> I can't say I necessarily disagree with you there. Um, and that's why it's funny because sometimes you listen to our prop bets and they say all of a sudden it's like, okay, how many times is Ryan Day going to pick his nose on the sideline? Because that's where we had to go down to before we finally disagreed with something. <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you this. L- you know what? I- let me throw another rushing one at you, see if you would like to take it. I will say we will run for over 175 yards against them. Ooh. I. Yeah, I say we I say we're under. I would I would take the over. Okay, you're going over. I'll go under. And yeah, so okay. I, I'll write it down, and I'll tell you what. I'll even give Chad the benefit of the doubt. So if you win, I'll give Chad credit for it. Yeah. All right. Because Chad Chad needs some help right now. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> 175 yards rushing, and I'm taking right. the over. All right, got another one for you. Which Buckeye? Go for it. Which Buckeye re- receiver gets the first touchdown? Oh, see that—that's the prop bet I like because that there's. I know Harrison's the obvious choice there, but I just have a feeling in that game, Cade Stover. Ooh, I'm going with Julian Fleming. Okay. He's the well, let's take he's that. The, he's the he's the uh, Pennsylvania boy. There you go. So we'll go Cade Stover, and then we'll go Fleming. And that's well, one of the first ones. Okay. To, well, well, pick another that, one then. Let's 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 have let's have a team because let's 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 see who it can be. Let's actually go for it. find out. Oh, you're gonna give me it. We're gonna snake it. Um. Okay. The, the, I'll take Harrison. All right. I guess give me a buka at this point. Okay. Pick another one. We'll each have three. Uh. Can I take? Can I? Can I take just running backs? Sure. You can take a running. Well, you can take a, a running back. A running back. Well, give me Travion. Okay. I'll take Mitch Rossi. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. Let's do one more. Um, Ooh, none of us took Jackson Smith in the Jigba. I, I'm still not convinced. I don't want to want to go down this rabbit hole. I'm you still not convinced he's healthy. I'm not convinced he's healthy. I, don't, I, I do not trust that pitch count nonsense that he tried to sit there and say. Dude, I have eyeballs. He's he's not a hundred percent. I'm not seeing that happen. I'm not seeing it happen. Cade Stover. Da, 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 da. You picked Cade Stover, Ameka yep. Buka, and, and Travion Henderson. Uh, give me mine too. Oh, I'm gonna going... take both. I'm gonna take both running backs. Okay, go mm-hmm. take another running back. I am. 
then give me Jackson Smith and Jigba. All right. Well, and we'll go with that list. Someone's someone's got to score one of those. Yeah. Watch if it's watch, somebody else. I'm gonna be no. Like, you know what oh. it's gonna be? It's gonna be um, it's gonna be uh, Stroud running his first rushing touchdown of the year. Watch it. <laughs> no way. You know what? Just watch. If if that's the case, then we should play the lottery because actually we shouldn't play the lottery. This is exactly why I shouldn't be playing the lottery. All right, I got those down. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with that, and then maybe I'll give Chad some credit there if, if you can pull those out. But that the funny thing is we used to do this more on the fly like we've just done here. The problem is we would disagree so much, or actually I guess technically agree so much, and then disagree about what we should be agreeing on that we a long time ago, maybe as early as halfway through last year, we had do we had to set them up ahead of time. And then we'd like maybe say like, oh, let's do this, let's do this. But we had to set up way ahead of time because on the fly, next thing you know, 30 minutes go by and we still didn't have three prop bets. So <laughs> it's funny how yeah. much we disagree and argue, but yet how much when I guess it really comes down to a bet, how much we still agree on things, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad I I'm glad I got to do my first prop bets. So thank you for. Uh, absolutely, dude. I got them written down here. Dude, I have so much chicken scratch around my office here. Like I can see prop bets from like four weeks ago, three weeks, but I got a running tally. So I will definitely keep this on here. Uh, I'll definitely remind you <laughs> when the game happens where we sit at on our prop bet. But um, Beautiful. Again, again, dude, just thanks for joining us. Um, we are going to be uh, doing our CFP reveal again. That comes out November 1st. That's Tuesday of next week. Uh, we will be doing a podcast that evening, immediately reacting to that. And we will also be, you know, briefly just kind of discussing uh, uh, what happened with this weekend. Uh, I think, you know, after the Penn State game, it seemed hopingly, hoping everything goes well we kind of are going to be in a little bit of a a law with some matchups for a few weeks so i guess you know yeah. cfp is going to kind of be a big factor and some of these other matchups is going to be maybe a little more predominantly what we talk about but either way we, we appreciate everyone listening as always uh, you can catch us on spotify itunes iHeartRadio, amazon music and more um, check us out on our facebook page we're definitely starting to get a little more interactive there uh, putting some polls and some more information on there. And we also have a Twitter page as well. So if you'd like to reach out, please do so. Uh, we appreciate everyone listening. Thanks for all the support. And as always, guys, go Bucks. O-H. I-O.